0: Welcome to Tales from Shangir, your official channel for mysterious and wonderful fiction. In this story podcast, the author reads you his stories directly. In addition, we'll talk about some of the techniques employed in the stories. This is Season Zero, Episode 3. This 350-word story is part of a form called Flash Fiction. This story is copywritten in 2020. Read more at lcrwriters.org slash dswb. This particular story is a humor story. I really like the funny ones. They're harder to write, but they do have a little bit of a snap to them. This one is called Moth to a Flame. There's nothing quite so sweet as the anticipation of a kill. After all, there's all that gore, blood, and foul smells associated with the actual act. I think the most important thing to remember is the final words of Zeus Albert Nugent O'Flannery Johnson before being eviscerated by a rhino he was hunting. And now, we go on to the story, Moth from a Flame, also known as Sometimes They Improve Things Slush Bucket was quite a bit taller than your average gnome. Another ten inches, and he made a full five feet tall. But it wasn't his height that made him the star of the gnomish community. It was his talent. He was a spark. The unstoppable desire to invent. Why, few gnomish warriors would dare to venture out into the field without one of his self-loading crossbows although the rear-firing longbow was also a favorite of those who were inclined to retreat at the battle's onset. And the boomerang glaive. There's a weapon with tales to tell. The kind of stories capable of rattling the teeth out of your grandmother's head. His assistants, Greedland Slop, bent forward to see what he was working on. The lab was filled with the smell of burning hair. But it was only because Slush Bucket was leaning a little too close to the Bunsen burner. Slop was kind enough to move his hair out of the way, not because she thought he was so good looking, but because the odor was a bit overpowering. But it wasn't merely Slop and Greedle in the lab today. Half the hamlet was crammed into any open space they could find. Today was the day Slush Bucket had promised to invent something everyone would need. The sound of shuffling feet and full-blown algae wheezes were enough to keep any inventor from their work. But Slushbucket muddled on. The Gnomish infantry was desperate for a new weapon of war. The orcs and their ogre allies were tromping around Gnomish territory like a bull elephant after a hunger strike. Slushbucket had promised them a weapon capable of killing thousands. There were wires everywhere. In the center, there were enough candles to make an oversized imperial candelabra jealous. And the thing sounded like the hum of a hundred maddened Sasquatch frogs. Subsequently, and to be precise, ten minutes later, Slushbucket stood back to take in the glory of his latest creation. Greedle gasped. What do you call it? Slushbucket grinned. A bug zapper. Now, when you're writing these things, of course, often, even in the shortest stories, you wind up writing about emotions. The characters feel them. They feel them internally. They'll sometimes express them externally. Uh, But when you're writing emotions, well, emotions are a messy thing. They tend to take a toll on the person experiencing them and especially when they're exhibited in public. It's uncomfortable to witness them, isn't it? Do you feel tempted to tuck them away in your stories by alluding to them vaguely, pointing in their direction, and hoping readers can imagine the rest? Well, no, that just won't do. After all, it'd be easier, right? The vampire felt sad after she drained his victim's blood. But that doesn't work, does it? It's too flat too dull. It's telling what the vampire feels, but readers seldom believe what they're told. They usually are convinced only by what they're shown through description, action, and dialogue. Tepid, apathetic reactions poison a good story. They will damage it and quite likely kill it. So when you're writing your stories, like Moth to a Flame, I always try to keep in mind, okay... How do I express my emotion? In this case, with Moth to a Flame, the most busy emotion was anticipation. And how did I express, how could I express that anticipation? I certainly had to do a lot more than say, and everyone waited. So, as you listen to Moth to a Flame, think about the emotions being expressed, even the simple emotion of just anticipation. And that, folks, is episode three of...